Pastor with No Answers Variety Podcast is all about our listeners, whom we hear from regularly. Every now and then, your comments are too good to keep to ourselves. Hope you enjoy hearing from what we consider a vital voice of this podcast, you listeners out there. I know the chances of you reading this are slim, but I had words to say and wanted to get them to you. I ran across your podcast last summer and have been listening ever since. The variety of people you interview, the backgrounds that you come from and where you're headed, and the frankness of your conversations are an excellent and welcome combination to this weary churchgoer. What I really wanted to thank you for is your admission that you don't always know everything, but that you're open to hearing different ideas and arguments. This is especially true about the done-done-done gay issue. I am a lesbian and a Christian, and even for those of us on the more liberal side, the route to finding peace within and with God as a gay individual, while dealing with the church culture many of us grew up in, is like walking through hell on earth. I would not wish it upon anyone. In fact, after telling my mom, she made me promise I wouldn't tell anyone else in my family or community. I appreciate your honesty that you haven't always been affirming, but that you're more accepting and understanding at this point in life. I hope that listeners will be able to give more thought to this issue, especially the more conservative ones. There are probably even listeners who have gay children and don't even know it because their kids are too scared of their family's reaction and impending church shame. All right, well, you are listening to The Pastor With No Answers, and I'm excited about this conversation. See, so what? this is what I do to something. You, you got to think before you email me, because what I'll do sometimes is I'll respond and I'll say, well, why don't you just come on the podcast and talk about it? So that's what I did with Morgan. Did I say your last name correct? Yes. Okay. All right. So here, here's the deal is Morgan obviously could have said no, but uh, here's what's so interesting about her email is especially, I would say in the in recent months, we have definitely, when I say we, talking bad Christian fellas, we've been hit on the side, the, the lefties, I guess. I hate even putting them in a category, but there's definitely a very vocal group of people out there that hammer us constantly on our non-affirming approach, which isn't even accurate. But here's here's something that is very accurate. We the first book that we wrote, we released it on an ebook. Uh, it's called Bad Christian Great Savior. We were pretty resolute at that time that although we love the LGBT community and but you know you've heard it a billion times. Yeah, we still think it's a sin and blah 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 blah. So. I still respect that point of view. I would say that that does not accurately describe me at this point in my life. But uh, Morgan's email to me was like fresh water. You emailed me and it was just like, man, this, this is music to my ears because I don't want our podcast to be a podcast for a certain certain group of people. I, I want it to be for black and white and old and young. I mean, my gosh, I just did an episode with um, with an Anglican priest, and that just means a lot that that kind of guy, I mean, listens to our podcast. Like these three dummies that we don't know what we're talking about half the time. We're trying to make sense out of this world. We're trying to make sense of our Southern culture and Bible Belt heritage and, and all of that. And you, as a, a lesbian listener, basically wanted to just share to us that, hey, you appreciate our approach with talking about this. Now, does that mean that everybody has to appreciate it? Of course not. Does that mean that you you are signing off on how we talk about this 
topic all the time? No, it, it, it doesn't mean that at all, but I definitely appreciated it. So just curious, like what, why don't you in your own words, you know, describe to people what it was that, that, you know, kind of motivated you to send that email in the first place. I love hearing from our listeners. So what motivated you to do that? Sure. Um, well, first off, it, with anyone, any podcast I listen to or anyone that has influenced me, if it's had a positive impact on me or affect me in some way, I think you should know. Um, that's just part of living authentically and um, you know, appreciating people and, and letting them know that they're doing good work. Um, so what I really liked about your all's podcast was that it's not geared towards a certain group of people. There are a lot of different people that can listen to it, like you just mentioned. And um, I feel like if I was more on the conservative side or super liberal or in the middle, I'm still going to find things and guests on your podcast that um, that appeal to me. And yeah. I appreciate how open you all are about all your topics and you admit that you don't know everything. And that's a breath of fresh air to me um, as being you know in that Southern culture of we know all the answers, admitting that you don't know all the answers and that maybe you're wrong sometimes and there might be other sides to something um, that's just something that's so nice to hear yeah. uh, when normally the conversation is black or white. Yeah, yeah, totally. Now, you, I, I like how you described yourself. You said that you, in, in the email, that you're a weary churchgoer. So where where are you at with church attendance? Are you part of a community? I mean, what, what does that look like for you right now here in February 2018? <laughs> yeah, so I was raised in a Southern Baptist church. Um, I wouldn't say they were super, super, super conservative Southern Baptist, but it was still Southern Baptist Church. Um, then once I got to college, I stopped going to church for a long time. Um, I mean, I would go when I was visiting my family and, and we'd go through the motions. Um, but then uh, after some moves and, and being in a smaller town and a different location, I found I needed a community. And the community around here is mostly church. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I actually started attending a Methodist church that's uh, close to where I live and where I work. And mainly because I knew the pastor there and he was a younger pastor and I knew he was very easy to talk to and approachable. Um, so that's what made me go there in the first place. Mm -hmm. And uh, it is a smaller church, but it's a very welcoming environment, very friendly people. Um, so now I feel like I'm building my relationship with church back up. Um, that doesn't mean that I'm still not skeptical of some churches and the way that they treat people, sure. um, not just of the LGBT community, but, um, you know, minorities and just different um, groups of people uh, altogether. But um, I, I like to think that I'm on the track of getting back towards a more stable church going um life. So. Sure, sure. Now, did you, did uh, you may have said it and I missed it. Is this an affirming church? It, it is. It's not, um, it, within the Methodist church, they have, uh, what's called Reconciling Ministries Network. Um, and so some churches have declared themselves as, um, Reconciling Ministries affiliated churches, but this one in particular has not made that public affirmation, but from talking to the pastor, the majority of the congregation um, does feel affirming. So gotcha. um, to me, it's a welcoming place. Gotcha. So reconciling as far as reconciling with that community, despite what we believe or reconciling by affirming, like what, what does that, what does that mean? 
Um, reconciling by affirming that they welcome anyone to participate in the activities of their church, whether it is um, you feel called to help with the youth or to gotcha. sing or um, anything like that. Yeah, totally. So t- take us back a little bit. I mean, I-, I think what is so important about this conversation is, you know, and 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 I hopefully it was a really long time ago, but I would imagine I was in this group of people, too, that when I thought about the LGBTQ community, it was those guys like, and, and then when you, when you think of that community and you put Christian on top of it, I think those misled guys, like, obviously (laughs) if I had, if I had a conversation with one of them, I would figure out real quickly that there's something loose. Like they don't believe in, you know, who Jesus said he was, or they don't believe in the Bible, or there's gotta be something obvious. And this conversation is so important because there is no those guys. This is us. This is Morgan and Joey. Probably very similar upbringings. Probably very similar teachings. Surrounded by similar types of people. Like you hold the Bible in probably very similar ways that I, that I do. Like this. This is us. There's not you guys, and then I think something else. So where like rewind it up a little bit though was there a a solid duration of time in which you believed okay i cannot act on my sexuality or i'm embarrassed and ashamed or i'm demon possessed or like what 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 were you thinking when you started like when did you start realizing uh that you were a lesbian and and what was your initial processing as a christian growing up baptist yeah, so I think the initial thoughts came once I um, I went away to college, and you're out of the, you know out of my environment for the first time, um, the environment where everything is you know put there in in the little boxes for you, so you didn't really have to think much out of that realm. Um, you knew everything that was going to happen, you knew what you were going to do with life. Um, then when you get out of that environment, and you realize that there's different people, and there's different beliefs, and there's different ways of worshiping the same God and there's different ways to do everything. Um, so I think it was being in a different environment, um, actually making some friends in college who, um, were lesbian or gay and growing up, I didn't have any friends that way. And if I did, I just didn't know it. And looking back now, I definitely did have some friends who were, um, part of the LGBT community, but just didn't know it at the time. Um, and so, I think it was definitely the college years of being able to look around and think things through for myself. Um, and then even after that, it was moving out of the state for a little while that I grew up in, um, seeing that there is a broader community of people out there and just um, a culmination of experiences and meeting different people, um, doing a lot of reading online about mm-hmm. things um, and kind of just putting myself uh, in places where I would be exposed to um, to lesbian or gay people that I might not have been where I grew up. Sure. So, so, so there, you did not have to experience any sort of transition period of I I can't be this way because it's wrong. I did um, for a long time. I felt very guilty about it. Um, like, yeah, this is not how I'm supposed to be, but I didn't really know what to do with it. Right. Um, I didn't know how to make it go away. I didn't know if it was totally wrong 
or if maybe it was okay. I went through a long time of just going back and forth and and putting it in the back of my mind and um, just kind of decompressing all of that for a while. And there was definitely feelings of fear of telling people that I was close to in my community, um, feelings of shame, of guilt. And I think that's something that a lot of um, Christians go through. Um, I would venture to say the majority of gay Christians go through those feelings um, because you you know how your life is supposed to be. Um, You're supposed to get married to a man. You're supposed to have kids. Mm -hmm. Um, You're supposed to be involved in your church. And when you figure out that that might not happen, you know, your dad might not walk you down the aisle. You might not have kids or you might not have them a conventional way. Um, It really rocks your world. And it really does a number on your, your mental space. So how, how, I mean, were we talking a couple of years where you were like, okay, I know I, I can't deny who I am sexually, but I also can't act on it. I mean, how, how long did you go through that? I'd say there was a period of maybe one or two years where I knew it and I just pushed it to the back. I didn't, I didn't want to act on it. I didn't want to deal with it. Um, and then when I did have to deal with it, I thought, okay, maybe this is just like a one-time thing. Um, maybe this is just something that I need to get out of my system. (laughs) You hear that a lot. Um, and then when I realized that it wasn't, that's when, um, that was about two years ago. And that's when I really hit a wall of depression and, um, really realizing that my life was not going to be as I expected it. And it wasn't going to be as my parents expected it or as any of my family expected it to be. And you just have to think about a new life and a new way of doing things. Now, were you initially thinking celibacy or or what? That wasn't my initial reaction or thought. Um, I felt like I was meant to be in relationship. Um, Whatever that meant to look like, I didn't know. but. Now, how did, so I I was actually talking to my wife today and and describing to her the, like, I I have come a long ways out of my fundamentalist background, but there's still some things I'm entangled in. And one thing that, and I'm describing the best way that I know how is there's like a 90% chance that I feel like God has walked me um, along in life up until this point. So where I'm at theologically, how I view the world, how I see him, you know, still rooted in a Christian belief, still rooted in Jesus and all of that. But there's 10% of me maybe that thinks maybe I'm still in big trouble because I have veered off the path and, you know, some of my thoughts are, are her- heresy and, you know, maybe I'm leading people astray. Maybe bad Christian is a little too crazy and maybe I'm in big trouble sort of thing. Like, how did you, how did you get your, or, or were you ever in a place where you thought, okay, I'm, I'm gambling here because I've always been taught that this is a sin. Now I am identifying myself as a part of this community and acting on it. Like, did you ever feel like there was a gamble and it was worth the risk or you, it was almost like a, a seamless process of nope. By the time you were willing to put yourself out there in that way, you also felt completely at ease with your relationship with God. Does that make sense? <laughs> it was a very difficult force. Um, I felt that in one way I knew that 
I was gay and this is how I felt. Yeah. And then the other way I felt that, well, why do I, why do I have these feelings? Why can't I make them go away? Um, <laughs> this is, this is so wrong. Why does it keep coming back? Yeah. Um, and that's when I had to really do a lot of, of reading, um, a lot of studying context of, of scripture yeah. and going back and looking at, you know, how things were when they were written compared to how they are now. And that's what helped me a lot was really digging into it and, um, not being so literal about things because we're not literal people anymore right. when it so a lot of things in the Bible. Wait, so uh, you, you've actually done some research on this? Oh my gosh, I cannot believe it. I just thought you entered this blindly. Oh my, so you're a student of God's word. Holy cow. Oh my gosh. I cracked the Bible up and every now and then, you know. Isn't that crazy though? Like that, that is actually, I think maybe a surprise to some people that you actually did your homework because you cared about living in God's will. You know, I mean, yeah. it's just, wow. Um, like, where are you at now? Because, um, obviously we are going to keep your last name a secret. So that means that you haven't come out completely. Like, is this like a, a secret interview that you won't tell your friends about? Like, where, where are you at with, with ex exposing this part of your life? Yeah, so most of my, pretty much all my close friends know, um, and my mom knows, and a couple people in my family know, but not all of them. Um, so where I'm at now is just a place of still, I feel at peace with myself. I feel at peace with my relationship with God. Um, and now it's just a process of knowing when the right time and place to tell certain people is. And um, it it's a delicate balance of trying to be respectful of them and their lives and things going on. Um, but also knowing that I can't keep myself and my life a secret forever. Sure. Um, and that's the thing that, that definitely will eat at you is keeping it in all the time. And it just becomes so overwhelming that you eventually can't take it. Um, so I am, I guess you would say slowly still in the process. I think it's a continual process. Uh, I don't think anyone is ever fully out to everyone. Yeah. Um, but it's it's in the works. Yeah, totally. Now, um, it we can avoid this question, but I am curious how things went with you and your mom. Yeah, so that was fun. Um, so I had been wanting to tell her for a couple of months. Um, this was actually back in the fall, and I thought that she might have a hunch, but I just didn't know when the right time to say it was, and eventually it just built up in me so much and I was just so overwhelmed with anxiety about it. I just, I just had to tell her. Yeah. Um, and she didn't, I thought she was going to take it a lot better than she did. Um, I think she definitely knew, but, um, when she actually had to deal with it, that's when it kind of became real to her. Yeah. Now, how, what would, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of being silly here, but what, what grade would you give her given, given, <laughs> given that you understand where she came from because you came from the same place, like she, she was working with what she had, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So like how, how well did she do and where is she at now with, with all of this? Like, is it easier for her now or is it still a, a super hard deal? Does she think that you're destined for hell? Like, has her attitude changed about it? I mean, where are we at now? 
Uh, well, she definitely said, well, you know what the Bible says about this. Yeah. <laughs> so we had to have that talk. But I, honestly, now we don't really talk about it. Um, and that's just kind of the relationship I have with my mom is we don't we don't talk about a lot of things. Um, we just kind of let them be. So um, I don't. I don't necessarily hide it, but I don't bring it up either. Um, it's just, just the same as when she thought I was straight. I didn't hide it. I didn't sure. bring it up. Um, so, you know, as far as grading her on her reaction, I'd say <laughs> she might be like a a solid C plus. <laughs> I love I love the fact that you gave her a grade. Yes, that's awesome. Yeah. Now, I mean, would you know? Would you say the like how you guys don't communicate is that's not ideal but you still feel genuinely loved yes i mean i know she still loves me um and we still are able to go to church together when i'm home uh visiting so we don't have any problem there i mean i don't know um exactly what all of her thoughts are she hasn't expressed those where <laughs> that's just that's how our relationship is um sure. and i know a lot of people are closer to their parents and um and it's harder for them in those senses. But uh, with my mom and I, um, we we still love each other. We still have a relationship with each other. And we just live our lives like nothing had happened. Yeah, yeah. Now, do you understand where churches are coming from when, let, let's let's say, they do about the best job that they possibly can? They, I mean, they avoid stupid slogans like, uh, love the sinner, hate the sin. And I mean, they, they pretty much are dialed with everything except they interpret the Bible differently than you. Like, do you, and, and, and they would say, yeah, I, I can't be affirming, not I want to be, but I just can't deny what I think God says about this. Like, can you jive with that? Like, can you be in community with someone like that? Or it's like, nah, I mean, I, I respect that, but I just can't be in community with someone like that. Um, I definitely respect their opinions on that. Um, I can say I would not actively attend a church that was um, with that belief, mm -hmm. um, just because that's not healthy for me, and I know that. Um, and definitely keeping your mental health um, sure. number one in this is very important. Absolutely. So um, I definitely do respect people who have tried to um, you know, reconcile their thoughts on this. And you know, if someone has, has read and prayed about it and really tried and still can't get there, that's cool with me. Yeah. Um, but it's, if you haven't put in the work to try and understand or make an effort, that's when, um, yeah, that's just that just doesn't really jive with me. Yeah. Um, because this is something that does require a little extra effort, and um, I think as Christians, you know, we're continually growing in our relationship with God. So it's not cut and dry. It's not this is how it is forever. Um, you know, we we continually study the Bible and study the Word. So if this is an issue that you're just going to avoid, that's that's just not cool with me. Sure, absolutely. Well, thank you for being a listener, but even more importantly, thank you for sharing some of your heart with us and some of your story. And uh, like I said, I just think this conversation is of the utmost importance because, honestly, it's it's a very polarizing discussion, and it's unfortunate that anything involving people has to be polarizing, but it's just where we're at. So your voice is needed, and it's very important, and we thank you so much. Thank you. I appreciate it.